What is up, ACL Nation? Sorry, Trey. I know you're waiting for a gigantic intro to kind of bring us into the show. It's just not there, all right? This is what we do on Bagging and Bragging, episode number 28, chat. Today we got a special guest. As you can see, Trey Ryder, he's going to be joining us here for the interview segment. Uh, hop on to YouTube, ask your questions, let us uh, know what's on your mind, and the fearless leader here will um, give you guys the answers if he's allowed to. We'll see what we can get out of him. Also, we got a big week coming ahead of us. We got the World Championships, Rock Hill, South Carolina, and then we got some odds to go along with it. So we'll go over DraftKings odds. Um, no action last week. It was kind of weird having some off time, so no highlights to go through. But regardless, we're going to have some fun here. Um, I usually ask Mish this, but she's not going to be able to join us today. Unfortunate situations going on there, so thoughts and prayers with her. But Trey, how you doing, bud? I'm um, I'm good. I'm good. Look at look at me on bagging and bragging. I mean, yeah, yeah. So I figured we'd save the best for last. You know, we went through the chain. We had Anthony, Jeff, uh, Bernie. So we figured we might as well do the grand finale right before Worlds. It's the most important week. Why not lead into it with the most important person? So. Oh, now you're just sucking up, Wally. Now I know. Is it working? Is it working? Is that a little something <laughs> on my nose there, do I? Uh, uh, no, yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's, it's um, <clears throat> the uh, yeah, World Championships are, you know, literally – what three days away, two days away. I mean, it's, uh, it's incredible. Um, it's a different feeling this year. I feel, I, I, you know, I feel, I actually feel good. I feel focused. Um, I'm excited. Uh, you know, my role's different this year than it was last year. I feel like I'm not as hands-on. I got, I, I got great people doing good, doing great things like, uh, you and the rest of the team. It's, it, it's, it, it feels a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, no, it, it just feels, it feels good. Like I'm, um, most years I'm kind of anxious and nervous about how things will go about, but this year I just kind of, I'm, I'm genuinely excited and I feel like we've got a, a good team this year and it feels like we're going to knock it out of the park. Yeah. I'm actually pretty antsy. Um, I got out here yesterday, um, came to the brother's house and like, I, I got, I flew first class. So I'm gonna go ahead and click on a little bragging thing here. This is how we do it. So it's my first time flying first class. So I decided to pay 200 and whatever dollars it was for the upgrade. And then, of course, there's that little connecting flight from Charlotte to Columbia. And it's like a 42-minute plane ride, right? Yeah. So, like, the upgrade was, I think it was $27 to upgrade to first class. I'm like, how much am I even going to get out of this? You know what I mean? So I wasn't going to upgrade that one. Um, but flying first class out here was nice and all, but I usually sleep on the plane. So I felt like if I'm paying for first class, I have to enjoy first class and I could not sleep on the plane. So I'm like, okay, yeah, give me a Jack and Coke. Let's go ahead and get some alcohol that you got up here in first class. And, you know, Bernie was right. The air feels different up there in first class. It does. Yeah. I was just going to say, you listen to Bernie's spiel on first yeah. class. He's absolutely right. It's just yeah, it's a game changer. Yeah. And I was, I sat in seat 1A. So I had right there by the ramp. I can see everybody walking on and like Jeff and Bernie don't like to look at the people. I was looking at everybody. I was like, I was like, look at me. Look, I'm in first class. Look at me. Like I clearly don't belong here, you know? So like, yeah, they come around and like the first thing that shocked me right off the, world, uh, right off the rip is they give me a glass, like an actual glass. I'm not drinking out of a plastic cup and that drink was strong. So it is to the flight attendant. They, they hooked it up. Um, and then the next thing is they just bring you like, would you like some chips? And like, I had options for snacks. I didn't know I was going to get options. So I just like grabbed the first thing. I didn't want to look stupid. You know, I'll take this bag of chips. Thank you. 
And the weird thing is in first class, though, is like there's a lot of veterans around first class, as you can tell. And they're like, yes, can I get this? Can I get this? And they're like, Boston, the stewardess or flight attendant around like it's nothing. You know what I mean? So well, well, the thing that always got me the, fir- the first time I went first class is like you sit down, right? And everybody said it's like, OK, yes, I get a drink. I'm going to drink mm-hmm. on the plane. So I sat down. I, I'll never forget. I was like, I'm feeling fancy, right? I can get whatever I want. So I ordered a double, right? And the thing is, I ordered it and I sat down and I'm like, I'm like casually drinking this thing. It's like a double, right? I'm not going to just throw it back. But what they don't tell you is you have to finish that before the plane takes off because you can't have a drink in your hand. So like if they come by again, right before you're about to take off, like we'll get you another drink afterwards. I still had half a drink of this double that I still had. So I'm like, well, I'm not wasting this. So let's just say that flight went by pretty quickly. Um, it, it, uh, so yeah, first class is, is, it's especially nice if you go on those like cross country trips or right. Right. This was only like an hour and 30 minute flight. So it wasn't too luxurious, but I mean, at the same time, I'm not sure I could afford to pay or want to pay that much for a cross country flight, but I don't know. It's got me thinking about Ventura when you go out to Spencer's. You know, I might have to do it again because that's a little bit longer of a flight for me. Yeah. But my, uh, okay. yeah, the crazy thing is, like, whenever they're coming around, like the 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 uh, the pilots making the announcement, "Hey, we're about to be landing soon." They're still serving drinks up there. Yeah. So, like, the lady next to me ordered a wine. I'm like, "Oh, the 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 tray table thing." To-. Like, okay, yeah. fine. I ordered a Bud Light. You know, I was like, "Let me go ahead and drink this just in case I need to chug it real quick." And Sure enough, like you started coming around, you know, when you take all this from you, I'm just like, nah, I'm finishing this real quick. And yeah, it, it was different, man. My, it was uncle, nice. my uncle did first class. He got to do first class. His company put him first class on an international flight. He had his own, he had his own door. Mm-hmm. He like sat in a little area. He's at like a cubicle and he could like recline all the way back to like a laying position. That's, that's the next step. That's when you know you made it. Well, speaking of maintenance and international flights, you're going to Paris in September. Yes. But- I will be going to Paris. Yeah, I'm. Uh, yeah, I, I am. I am going to torture myself. So I am flying directly from Spencer McKenzie's to Paris. So really? I am leaving on Tuesday, staying an extra day out there. I get on a plane. So I fly out to Spencer's. Then on Tuesday morning at 7 a.m., I get on a flight from L.A. to JFK in New York. I have a two-hour layover. I land, so then I get on my next plane at 5:30 p.m. and I go direct from JFK to Paris, and I land at 7 a.m. in in Paris. So um, it's my first time in Europe, first time in Paris. I'm super stoked. Like I keep I'm, I keep going back through the ACL Europe social media, and there's like there's gonna, like a team from Slovakia just signed up. Oh. Like I mean, it's like legit. There's gonna be a ton of countries there. I'm excited. Uh, I need to learn a little bit of French. I don't speak a lick of French. So, like, I took four years of Spanish. Um, so, you do uh, the babble thing while you're sleeping on planes or something. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm pumped. I've, uh, like I said, I've never been to Europe. Uh, first opportunity. I think it's good to see, like, the new player base out there. It was great. I got to go to the first ACL Canada event um, a few years ago, and that was that was fun. And now to be able to go over into uh, – to go to go to Paris and go to Europe and see how it's grown over there and and I want to see how good these French players are like Mathieu over there Mathieu was it Rival I mean he's he beat Justin man. Stranger last year round them in the game but he beat Justin Stranger on uh, on broadcast court 
Well, I'm not sure if it's just uh, social media or not, but uh, I am seeing that there's a lot of um, players out here trying to find a partner to go out there. So I'm not sure if they kind of bought into this last year, but heading into Worlds, I'm loving that I'm seeing all these people try and pair up. But we're going to take our first break. When we come back, we're going to hop onto the YouTube chat and see if people have some questions for you. If not, I'll just kind of wing it and do my best. But we'll be right back, chat. See you in a few. ACL Nation, welcome back in. K9 here with Trey Ryder. We are going into Worlds. So if you guys have any questions for Trey, feel free to ask them in the YouTube chat. We got uh, King C Podcast says, what up? Looking forward to next week being back at the Mecca of Cornhole. You ain't lying, brother. Trey, how many yeah. sets are we going to have set up next week? Do you know? 132 sets of boards set up. Yeah. That's just the main area, not counting HQ. And I assume we'll have somebody running blind draws all the Every yeah, day Madden, Madden is back. Have you ever met Madden? Madden? You've awesome. met Madden, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Madden. I haven't had a chance yeah, yeah. to talk to him in a while. So awesome. Yeah, Madden is going to be there. Madden, It's Madden time, right? The old, we used Madden. to call sit-and-go time Madden time because he was always there, but he, he's, his work got so busy. But now, yeah, he's going to be there. Madden time is running blind draws. In the awesome. HQ. I remember my first time going to Worlds. I was like, uh, all right, what, is, what is Madden time? I was like, they're not going to do any tournaments? Like, what is Madden time? Yeah. And then I, I quickly found out five or six times in what Madden time was, but yeah, it's blind draws are elite. Yeah, Madden, Madden, Madden time, your, your, your ears will bleed from him yelling into the microphone, but you're, uh, you will, you will enjoy Madden time. And, uh, but yeah, no, I'm, 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 Rock Hill and, and Rock Hill's grown a good bit since people have last been here. Like, I think that's yeah. one, that's one thing people, um, should be excited about is that like last year it kind of felt like, 
the the event center was kind of in this middle of nowhere. I know people got that they couldn't really get a lot a lot of stuff to do, but there's just been there's been an explosion of things. So like right next door, they just put in um, literally steps away uh, next to the Cambria. They put in a brand new Middle James Brewery. So there's a brewery right next door there that people I know are gonna have fun checking out. And then there's a food hall connected to that. So the food hall has got like seven different stations. So like that was one thing that people always, you know, were bummed about last year is like if they didn't like one of the food trucks that was out there and there was only like one or two food trucks, like they didn't really have anything to eat for lunch. But like this time now you have the the food hall. It's got like seven different stations. It's nice. And then uh, we're going to have an after party on Saturday the 5th at Hoppin. So there's a, a pour, a self-pour bar. Have you been to a self-pour bar before? No, that sounds dangerous. It is. You get, they give you a wristband. So you get a wristband and you walk in and you just beep. I want that. And it's like got like twenty. It's got like twenty or thirty taps along the wall, and you just pick whatever you want to drink. And they and they just charge you by the ounce, essentially. Um, uh, so that but, sounds right up Keck's alley. Keck is always trying to figure out what's on tap and stuff like that. So yeah, no, it's so it's cool. I mean, there's 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 more things to do, things to see. We're running like a special with Carowinds, like. Uh, that's cool. Like people can check out too. Like normally like passes for a day are like 70 bucks, but like we're running a special with them for 60 bucks. You can go as many times as you want during, during the week. Yeah. So um, it's cool. Like it gives an opportunity for players. If they get eliminated, they're like, I don't want to go play cornhole anymore. I just want to go do something else and come back tomorrow. Well, go to Carolyn's. So um, run some cool stuff. Not too shabby. All right, so uh, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get questions started here. One thing um, that I noticed about you and I is that we have similar backgrounds in that we basically went to school for something entirely different than what we're doing now. So I went to school for accounting, got my master's degree, thought I'd be doing nothing but accounting the rest of my life. Um, got terminated because I asked for a raise. Two days later, you hop on the phone and ask me if I want to come film the World Championships. I'm all about it, and this is what I'm doing full time. But let's go ahead and take a trip down memory lane. Tell us about your path into the ACL leadership role. Yeah, yeah. So mine was similar, kind of all over the place. Um, I so I went to uh, I played cornhole in high in, in in high school. That's kind of how I got started. I grew up in the Charlotte, North Carolina mm-hmm. area, so about thirty minutes north, twenty five minutes north of of Rock Hill, where the World Championships are. So uh, grew up in Charlotte, and then went to. Um, you know, as I played in high school, uh, you know, I just fell in love with the game. I, I, I love playing and then eventually went to Clemson shock. I know everybody didn't know that about me. Um, <laughs> went to Clemson for school. I got a degree in chemical engineering, um, played a little bit throughout college, but not much. Um, you know, I tried to keep my skills sharp. I tried to play with the guy and I, I, I taught all, all my roommates how to play and they're actually pretty decent. Um, so, you know, we, we, we played a good bit. And then when I graduated, um, I went to uh, – I, I took a job with a very large chemical company in northeast Tennessee called Eastman Chemical um, and worked as a design engineer for them. I did, I did design work on vacuum systems for a couple of years. I worked in a, a polymer uh, – for a summer, I worked in a polymer plant. Uh, doing some trials on that. I I worked it a lot in plastics. So like if you did, um, if you ever see like a Tervis tumbler that's made that really hard plastic that's like BPA free, that's a that's a, a plastic called Triton. I helped make that plastic for- Name, for, name after you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, 
And then, so I did that. And then my chemical plant had a massive explosion. Um, (laughs) Luckily and fortunately, and uh, you know, every other positive adjective you think of, nobody was killed. There were some people that were hurt pretty badly, but it did $50 million worth of damage. Um, You can go look it up on YouTube. There's a video of it on YouTube, Eastman chemical plant explosion. What was that? 2017. Um, It just, and you can see it like literally like detonate throughout the plant. I'm on the other side of the river and like my building is shaking and I see this big black cloud of smoke and the alarms start going off. I'm like, that cannot be good. Um, so I, I was like, say that was because of you or something. <laughs> no, it wasn't because of me. No, it definitely wasn't because of me. I was on the other side of the plant. Um, but it, it yeah. It's, it, and, and so I, the, the company had already not been doing that well. So I was like, when, when a big explosion happens to a company yeah. that has $50 million worth of damage, I was like, I'm probably okay and safe in my role, but like, I don't like the writing on the wall. This is something where this isn't going to be good long-term for me. So I was like, so I turned around and I, I looked for a different job. Um, I, I was playing cornhole still. I was playing up with the blackjack crew up there in Northeast Tennessee, Troy Hauser and all them. Um, and then, so found a job with a very small chemical company um, in Augusta. And so right before I started to move um, that year in 2017, um, my dad at that point, like sidestep and different, different, you know, road now, my dad kind of was involved um, in running some cornhole tournaments in the Carolinas. And he met this weird guy named Stacy Moore and he was like, I want to do this, you know, I want to make cornhole this big, huge thing, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, look, cornhole is fun, but it ain't going to be this huge thing. You can do whatever you want. Okay. Right? And so he got more and more involved with Stacy. They started running some tournaments and they'd have like, you know, 30 or 40 teams show up, but it, it didn't feel like anything massive. And then right. he decides in 2016, I'm going to create a league, right? I'm going to create the American Cornhole League, right? He had already done a bunch of tailgating things. And it was like, I'm going to make cornhole an individual league. And I remember my dad was like, you got to go with me to the world championships that they're having. I'm like, there is no world championship to have. Right. Like, back then it was, just make something up. Yeah, it was like, the, it was called the championships of bags. That's why a lot of people call it Cobbs. So Cobbs, it used to yeah. be Cobbs, it used to be called the championships of bags. And so he went to this event. And when he went, he, um, he you know, he showed up, he played. And that was the first time we had seen Cornhole on ESPN3. They got it on ESPN3. And so I was like, I remember I was on night shift. And I was, it was, you know, I just got back at like 7 a.m. I went to bed and I woke up at like 1 o'clock in the afternoon, kind of like still groggy. And I'm watching Cornhole on ESPN3. And I'm like, okay, this is actually kind of cool, though. I'll give him that. Yeah. So, my dad, you know, I, I continued to just, you know, um, pay attention. My dad kept getting involved, you know, Eric. And eventually we came around to – sorry, this is a long story, but you told me I needed to talk through this because we didn't have <laughs> You're good. I actually think we got some connectivity issues on YouTube as far as the upload goes. So this is this is perfect. <laughs> okay, perfect. So um, I went to – yeah, like – so uh, anyway, I went um, – we, we, he convinced me to go to an event in, the begin, in, in 2017. And we went to this event in Norfolk, Virginia. And he plays in the event. I think he came in like third in singles. I was back when he was like really good. Um, And, uh, you know, I played. I got a kick out of it. And they had a broadcast in the gym. And it wasn't didn't turn out the best broadcast. And so 
sure enough, two or three. And I remember watching the broadcast in the hotel room after I got eliminated and I kind of left and I was like watching it back after it had finished. And I remember just looking at my dad, I looked at him straight in the face. I was like, I think I could do this. Like, I I think I could, I could like talk about cornhole and make, you know, you know, make it make sense to people who haven't seen it before. And he said, yeah, yeah, you probably could blah, blah, blah. Well, sure enough, like three weeks later, Stacy puts out to everybody that's like reporting to him. So at the time it's like three people, it's like Dave Weiser, Eric Ryder and Todd Kosicki. And that's it. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I think, well, Sean was still the tech guy, but um, you know, he he puts it out there. He's like, we need to find, you know, a color commentator that loves cornhole. And so he's like, guess what? Stacy's looking for a color commentator. I was like, you gotta be kidding me. I was kind of laughing. Yeah. And he's like, I really think you should do it. I think you should try out for it. I'm like, what do, what do you mean try out? Like, what does that even mean? And now, was this before or after you're doing like the cell phone footage? Because I remember I came across you one time, I think it was like a casino or maybe a hotel and you were kind of like up on a stage a little bit and you were just like kind of holding the cell phone going back and forth. But like, was that the beginning or is this? So after? I had done one live video at a cornhole tournament and I felt like I was pioneering in that regard. And I did it one time and I was like, this is kind of cool. And then I didn't do it again for like another 10 months or something like that. And I was like, by that time, the first time I wasn't, but after 10 months, that's when I started to do it. Cause I was like, man, people would love to do these live footage. So when I got hired, eventually I put in a tape. I literally sat like this with my phone and record myself talk about cornhole for a minute. And I sent it in. Like, I don't even remember what I said. Um, and I got a call while I'm in a meeting in engineering trying to do up some drawings. They're like, hey, you want to come commentate in Vegas? And I was like, sure. So <laughs> I literally went out there, no experience, went on Vegas, you know, all that. But anyway, once I got through Vegas and we got to the world championships, that's where live streaming, like Facebook Live was becoming this, like, okay, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. live people were trying to figure it out. So I said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get my phone. I'm going to put it on a tripod and I'm going to get a, um, I'm going to get a portable charger and I'll never forget. I walked around and and I did probably four hours of live video on a cell phone, a continuous stream. And at one point I had like, that was back when the Facebook algorithm was like wacky. I had like 10,000 people at one time watching my feed. Really? And, And I remember Shelby, my wife was following me around with mints and honey because I was talking so much that I literally had to like soothe my voice as much as I could because then I had to turn around and get on the mic that night for yeah. like a TV broadcast. So it was like, it was this chaotic time. And I think back to it and I'm like, man, we just went in like 27 different directions. And um, that was back when they had triple elimination. If you could believe oh, that gosh. we had triple elimination tournaments. So. I can imagine that. I think Misha's probably at home watching. She's like, you guys need to go to a commercial break. What are you doing? You're talking too much. So let's go ahead and satisfy that part real quick. Yeah, and then uh, we'll come back and finish the story and hop into hopefully some questions if we can get the chat working. See you in a few. Wow, wow, wow. 
ACL Nation, welcome back. And I feel like you're watching those commercials for the first time, Trey. I, I, I really am. Like, I I don't, I mean, I don't watch them normally because, like, normally I'm like bouncing back, I'm like checking mm-hmm. to make sure, and like all the streams are going, blah, blah, blah. And I was mesmerized. I could watch Awkward Duckers all day. Uh, we got, we got to get the we, next commercial, though. We'll break it. Actually, we'll save it for the grand finale. We kind of cycle through four commercials here. But uh, back into your story there, yeah. So you kind of walk around with the uh, cell phone footage, and then Shelby was following you around with the uh, the honey and mints. <laughs> mints. Honey and mints. So literally, yeah. We literally go around. We do this. You know, we we're, we're recording all day. We do the broadcast. We have a debut on ESPN two, and that was kind of the start of a lot of different things. It was like, okay, then my mind started racing. We had a really successful. That was the that was the 2017 championships of bags essentially that we did in Cherokee, North Carolina. And so then Stacy was like, Hey, this guy is not an idiot. You want to do some additional stuff by then, you know, yeah. social media was Stacy posting a flyer that was made by, you know, him on, yeah. on Facebook. Right. And that was the extent of our social media. And so I kind of undertook, you know, the social media element of things, tried to get that up and running um, you know, we had someone part time that was helping out. And then from there, it was like, okay, now Trey's doing this. Maybe he can help us talk about some or help us mold, you know, and brainstorm part of the development part of the league. And then it was working with the directors. And then it was working with Dave and Todd on like making sure the, the vision for the league was great. And then it was, you know, then it was, okay, what about this streaming? Should we start streaming stuff? Like, should we get some streaming equipment to be able to do it? And then it was, you know, and you know how this is, Wally. It was literally like watching YouTube videos, learning how to do things, buying stuff that you have no idea if it's going to work or how it works, and just plugging it in and seeing you can figure it out. No explanation of why you got black camera, go get a drink, come back, and it's working. I mean, yeah. First time I met you in Rock Hill, I mean, we met, but first time we really kind of hung out in Rock Hill, we were both cussing up a storm. And yeah, I was like, whoa, okay. Like, trade, trade, trade high on that level. That's cool. So, but yeah, yeah I mean, the evolution of ACL has been amazing. I mean, do you, you miss playing at all sometimes? Um, I, I so I, I do love playing still. Um, yeah. I don't know if I miss playing because i know what playing it, it, i knew what i would have to do in order to play like it would require a large amount of commitment and also i'm kind of like a little bit mild version of bernie like i would drive myself insane like it's a simple game you just do the same thing over and over again and you just you should just get yep. the same results every time and that's not what happens yeah. um and so 
part of what I still love about the game is that like, I still have some hidden skills, as I like to say, like I'm the type of person I'm going to go out there when we play competitive doubles and I'm going to throw a four and then I'm going to throw a six and then I'm going to hit a four bagger with an airmail drag and I'm going to talk so much smack. And all everybody's going to remember is that four bag airmail drag. They're not going to remember why we lost is because I threw a four and a five the previous two rounds. I don't think people are going to realize how annoying we're going to be because I'm just like you. Like, I, I like playing. I miss playing on a competitive level. And then whenever you get that one moment that kind of sparks the entire fire, it's just on. It's a big blaze. You can't control it. It just happens. And you just have to kind of enjoy the warmth because we are going to talk some smack. We're going to have some fun with it. And people are either going to remember I beat Trey and K9. It was amazing. It was awesome. Or they're going to be like, and those guys were kind of rude and disrespectful. I don't, <laughs> they're going to walk away crying. Well, so. and part of it is, part of it is, here, here's the other thing too. I always, 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 and this is true ever since, and I don't know if it's just because that's how I started playing. I'm always a doubles player. Doubles yeah. has always yeah. been more fun. And I play better in doubles because I can talk. When I play singles, I'm essentially like, okay, I have to, I have to hammer down. I have to focus. I have to get in the zone. And I just, I don't play loose. Whereas in doubles, like I can almost play loose because I have someone to talk at. Right. And, and, and like, I can't be Cody Henderson and just talking at myself. I mean, I guess I could, but like in doubles, I would be, I would be like the violation of that rule that says you can't distract your player. Cause I'd be like, I would hit a great shot. I'd be like, do you see that? Do you see that? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like that was at the player that's against the rules. Like I can't do that. Yeah, no, I, I just love I love the doubles camaraderie aspect of the yeah. game because I think it just it brings another another envelope. I mean, another layer to it. And so, um, yeah, I can't. I, I'm, I'm excited. I mean, I'll play some. I might play a couple sit and goes. Like who knows? I Madden mean, time. We call Madden times. Yeah, well, well, I might play some Madden time when, in addition to our competitive doubles. So we'll see. Right. Right. So one vision that I have is that for where we go with the live streams right now, I want the ACL somehow. I know it's a little bit different with the NFL red zone. You have 16 games, so you could tap into each game and get that on and kind of commentate what's happening on that. The ACL is a little bit different in that we have, what, 132 courts, you said? So that many courts can be a little bit different. But if we can get something set up or we could do like maybe a membership thing, you know, like 20 bucks a month or whatever, and then I can sit in the green room or work at my house um, and then just – I still got the Weeby Bragging thing on there. Man, I'm terrible. Sorry, Michelle. Uh, so, so anyway, we're bragging the whole show. So anyway, if we could do where we tap into like a great match on court 17, and even though it's not the best overlay cameras and everything that we got set up, that's kind of my vision of where I want to take live streaming in the ACL. So give me one off the wall vision that you have for the ACL, where you want to just go and maybe let's say five or 10 years. What do you, what do you want to do? Yeah, no, I mean, first of all, I think your idea is not something that's totally crazy. Like the only thing stopping us from doing your idea is just money. And that's 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 the good news. It's just it just it just takes money is all it takes to do some of the stuff that we want to do. Right. Because I think I think there is an element there of, um, you know, excitement that can come from from jumping into different cameras. And, And we have a solution like we know how to do it. And we'll talk about this in the offseason. We'll talk about this at our our, our, our producers meeting at the championships, a little powwow. So, um, you know, we'll talk about like what that takes, but I mean, theoretically, yeah, that, that's, that's something that I think is, is certainly on the horizon. Um, you know, one for me, I, I think the big, the big development for me that I, I'm just excited for the next couple years is, 
is is teams in, in a certain aspect. And um, I know you guys, I know a lot of people at home continually hear us from, from our position say like teams, 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 it's fun, fun, fun. And a lot of people at home are still kind of warming up to like, okay, it's teams, yeah. it's not the same, blah, blah, blah. But the way we're trying to build teams is so that people across the country have a rooting interest in their regionally affiliated teams. And from the player, from, from the backyard player up to the, you know, advanced level player that doesn't want to go pro where we're trying to mold teams is in a way so that all of those people can be affiliated and want to be affiliated and want to become fans of that pro team. Because I think that's, what's really going to make cornhole super successful and super exciting is once you have that element of it, because you know, one people, people always complained about when we took away the conference cup, the top 16 players in the conference were like, the top 16 (laughs) players are like, look, man, why'd you take it away? It was so much fun to play. And I would say it was fun for you to play. Right. Yeah. How, but, but, in fairness, there was a regional affiliation. People felt regionally affiliated with a group of people and they got excited playing together. How do we take that same energy and expand it beyond 16 people, right? Because I I really don't think having a conference cup with 16 people is going to establish any growth. It's great for those 256 players, the 16 or or a little bit less because there's only 14 conferences. But the idea is if we can expand these pro teams and now, you know, if you're, if you're playing in Florida and you have a reason and an an affiliation with Florida, and I'm kind of teasing some things that we're rolling out here in in next season, there's really going to be a, a wave of people that truly become fans that buy into the, the aspect of, of rooting for a home team and, you know, eventually, hopefully a pro, pro. I think, you know, yeah, I think once the states get a little bit better right now, I think there's probably four or five states where they could actually hang. We need to basically turn it into something like basketball where, you you know, it's on a small scale, but you do have like your weekly or biweekly schedule or something like that where people can go watch. So we'll kind of get into the odds that came out with DraftKings on teams in a little bit. We do got to take one more commercial break. And when we come back, we'll kind of mix in some questions, then go over the odds as we go. See you in a few.
All right, ACL Nation, welcome back in. K9 here and Trey. We're getting ready to go into the odds from DraftKings. Uh, before I do that, Trey, we talked about the discussions and plans that we want to do. Like, how much back and forth um, go into these meetings, and how many times do you guys have to continue a meeting because you don't have an answer about where you want to go with the vision? Oh, you you don't even want to know. I mean, <laughs> we we had to put we we legitimately put our what we call them um, biweekly director meetings is what we call them. Um, mm. And and they're two hours. I mean, we don't we put two hours on the calendar, and there's there's been times when they go long multiple times. I mean, it's just because you, one you have to th- there's an element of brainstorming, yeah. and then there's an element of coming to a conclusion, and then you have to tweak it. It's like here's my idea, here's my idea, here's my idea. Whose idea we like this? We like that one, yeah. but do we want to modify all these different things, and then it just becomes they ever get heated. Um, I don't think it gets heated, but people have their passion. Like, it's funny because Stacy is allowed to like, you know, it's yeah, Trump everything. He, he can he can be he's very good about listening to everybody, though. And he, he very rarely puts his foot down. But there are some times when he's like, you don't have an option here. This is what we're doing. You can, <laughs> you can modify it. You can modify it all you want. But this is what we're doing. And we just have to say, OK, that's what we're doing. And we modify it. <laughs> well, for the most part, he's made some pretty good decisions. One of those decisions has been teams. Let's take a look at the uh, DraftKings odds that we got here. We have the Ringers taking on the Carolina Coasters, Florida Freeze taking on the Ohio Aviators, Missouri Mays taking on the California Slingers, and then the Arizona Burn taking on the Texas Bullybaggers. Hopefully you guys can see it there. It's kind of small on my screen. Uh, But the Texas Bullybaggers and the Arizona Burn both coming in at negative 115 there. So basically it's a pick em. Who do you like in that head-to-head, Trey? I'm kind of leaning towards the bully baggers, but I think one thing I've been doing wrong all season, that's kind of betting against the Arizona burn. You know what? It's so funny you say that, Wally, because I have the exact same feeling here. Um, the burn the burn are playing like a team, yeah. right? And, and the bully baggers, I think, have better individual players. But, I mean, when you uh, go back to the broadcast where they had against the New England Woodchucks, we had star shine like Florentino Mendoza. I mean, when that guy hits 15 in a row on a broadcast, you're like, if he plays like that, I mean, you get that level of production from your eighth, ninth, tenth guy on the roster, right? I mean, you know you're having a successful season. I think, you know, if I'm looking at it on paper, the bully baggers look really good to me. But at the same time, the, the burn have just been so consistent. Yeah, I think one thing with the burn is that they're getting, um, and I mean this all due respect, they're getting A play out of B players. Yes. Um, I think that's huge. Um, speaking of A players, we got a whole bunch of them on the Pennsylvania Ringers. They're coming in at negative 120. The Carolina Coasters at negative 110. I'll kind of run through these and we can kind of pick our teams to talk about. We got the Aviators at negative 125, the Florida Freeze at 105, the Cali Slingers at negative 120, and the Missouri Maze at negative 110. Um, I've been a Florida Freeze guy pretty much from the very beginning. I made it known. I got a bunch of friends on there. I'm uh, liking Florida Freeze at negative 105. I think we're getting great odds. Ohio Aviators, though, at negative 125 is pretty enticing to kind of talk about maybe the Ringers and the Aviators being the best two teams. So I don't know. I I like the odds that I'm getting from the underdogs over here. It's just a matter who's the underdog, you know? Yeah, well, and for me, one of the the teams that jumps out to me is if you look at this list – uh, the Missouri Mays are the only one seed within a division that are not favored or an even pick them, right? So the Mays here are getting minus 110, right? In theory, yep. the Slingers should be the ones not favored. They were the two seed. They're the, the second 
in, they, they finished second to the Arizona burn within their um, specific division uh, or, or with their specific region, I should say. The Mays, they win their region, and, and they're the underdog in the first round. So I think the Mays continually get, uh, you know, they, they're, they've they been an underdog all year. They've kind of worn that chip on their shoulder, and I think they'll continue to wear it in the playoffs. I like it. One thing that I think is pretty cool, I don't know it's the first time I've really seen these on DraftKings, is you have a chance to make some individual bets here. You can bet on the PPR for Mark Richards for the tournament, and then the same thing for Matt Guy. And I think these are pretty spot on, man. A 10.31 over under there, negative 115, whichever way you decide to go for Mark Richards. And then what's interesting here is they actually have over Matt Guy at negative 120 at a 10.40. Under is at a negative uh, 110, but I don't think I could take the under at 110 there. <laughs> yeah, so honestly for me, Matt Guy, I think I'm staying away from that one. I like 10-4 is hitting it right on the money. Richards... I feel like if he's going to play his best is really in a 10 to 10, one five range. As far as PPR goes, I don't think Mark Richards needs to throw a 10.4 PPR in order to win this world championship. So if, if I have to pick any of those on the screen, I'm probably leaning towards an under that PPR for Mark Richards. Yeah. I like the under there as well. I think that, you know, Mark is one player who's a, has no problem playing the long game and, yeah. He doesn't care what it looks like. I don't really think Mark actually cares about what his PPR is. He just wants to win. So if a situation shows up where he needs to kind of change things, I think he will um, based on the, the way the game is playing itself out. Now we go to some head-to-heads here. We got Tony Smith and Devin Harbaugh, unfortunately, in the same bracket. I think we all kind of want to see that match in the finals. But what's shocking to me here is Harbaugh's at plus 165. And then Tony Smith at a negative 205. I think these are probably two of the hottest players on the planet. Matt Guy at negative was at 140, Kyle Malone plus 110, Jake Krasinski negative 135, Hunter Thorne at plus 105, Fisher Hamilton there at negative 115, and Alex Rawls at negative 115. So these are in their individual brackets, um, not necessarily playing head-to-head, but whoever finishes farther, correct, Trey? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, so I think we will kind of get the Tony Smith versus Devin Harbaugh in the king seat as I'm looking at those brackets um, but I, I really like the odds there in Harbaugh. It's plus 165. I kind of think it's a teaser. And I think uh, the other one that kind of stands out to me here is uh, Trzinski at minus 135. You took the words right out of my mouth. I was going to highlight Trzinski at minus 135. Horn was uh, Thorne was really hot at the beginning part of the season. It's cooled off just a little bit. And I think Trzinski is throwing really, really well. Uh, even though he's the favorite there, I like the Trzinski odds. Yeah, one thing thing to note, Fisher Hamilton, happy birthday. You could finally bet on Fisher Hamilton there, negative 115. Yes, look at him. First yeah, time. He, big boy, he's growing up. <laughs> All right, before we take our next uh, break, let's go ahead and hop in over to doubles. We got the head-to-head action. We got Jake Krasinski and Tony Smith, and then Alex Rawls and Trey Birchfield. Rawls and Birchfield at plus 165. Tony at minus 205 along with Jake. Um, looking at these pass, I think a little bit more competition on the Birchfield-Rawls side. Um, so I think I am going to go ahead and take the negative 205 for, for Tony and Jake. I don't really see too much resistance getting the king seat there. I, I can't disagree. I want to, but Trzinski and Smith, to me, just feel like the team that's going to be favored to win this whole thing. Yeah, they've been on fire the entire season. Consistency, that's why they're the number one seed over um, Gunnarsleeve and Batson. Um, heading into the next bracket, it's kind of interesting here. we got a five seed, Jamie Graham and Ma- Matt Guy, actually the favorite at negative 150 over a number two seed, Jeremy Schirmerhorn and Joe Neistead. So one thing that kind of strikes me right there is Derek Holland and Justin Rule at the number four seed. 
But um, I don't know. I, I do not like Neistat and Schermerhorn basically because you got Jay Rubin and Jordan Power on the right. So I'm probably going Matt Guy and Jimmy Graham here. I, I don't. I don't. I don't. I'm not. I'm. I'm not betting this one. Staying <laughs> away. I don't know because you know I just don't know what I get for Guy Graham right now. Like I haven't seen mm-hmm. consistency from them. So I hear what you're saying. But I, 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 to me, I, I'd rather, I'd rather lay double the money on Trzinski and Smith in the previous one. Okay, yeah, I'm kind of almost betting with my fake imagination there that I feel like Matt Guy and Jamie Graham are having a conversation elsewhere that says, you know, let's end on a serious note. Let's do this thing at World. You know what I mean? So that's true. Knows? This could be the last game that we see. Yeah, I, I feel Jimmy. like it is. We'll kind of again, Jimmy and I are teasing this thing, and I apologize because. More than likely not going to do that show tonight, guys. But, uh, yeah, we're going to have a little fun with it. We're going to break up some teams, Trey. If you want in on that, let me know. Um, next one we got up here, Fisher Hamilton and Gavin Cano, plus 135 coming in as the two seed against the number one seed, Logan Chamberlain and Justin Burton Jr. at negative 165 over there. This is the – I think the – I don't know if this is the first one, but basically we got two buys there, which means it's going to be filled by PDC teams. Correct. So who knows what we're going to get out of there. But um, against Fisher and Gavin, I see Frank and Cheyenne. That could hold a little bit of an issue. And on the right-hand side, I really don't see much resistance, though, for Logan and Justin. So I like the negative 165 here with Logan and Justin. I'm going to go the – I'm going to disagree with you the first time tonight. So okay. to me, I think Chamberlain and Burton Jr. odds-on should finish higher, should win this bracket. But you're going to give me Hamilton and Cano in a plus – Right, a plus one thirty-five. To me, I, I, it's it's hard to look away from that. I really like yeah. Hamilton and Cano here. Yeah, Hamilton and Cano, they've been there every single tournament. It seems like. Um, going into the final one here, we got Mark Richards and Philip Lopez Jr. One seed at negative two sixty-five, and then Jimmy Humans and Kyle Malone at plus two ten. If you watched ACL Live, I actually took Jimmy and Kyle to win this entire bracket. So, yeah, I'm all in. I'm, I'm putting all the chips on the table here with Jimmy and Kyle at plus 210. Okay, look, look, look. I think Mark and Phil win this bracket. But <laughs> minus 265, I don't yeah. think I can do that. Well, yeah. I mean, I, it may be one of those things where if, if I'm a better, which I'm not, uh, it, it's like I, I throw some money. You, you probably throw some money on Jimmy and Kyle just because – because they got such good odds, considering Mark and Phil are such a high high amount. I mean, two sixty five is a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is one of those bets too, where you don't necessarily have to bet the same amount. You're getting better odds on there. You can maybe take half a bet, right. bet half a unit, and then maybe come out even further ahead. But yeah, I don't know. Either way, I, I want to see it. I'm looking. I'm going to kind of write a little piece of paper and Excel spreadsheet and see how I would have done. But I don't know, man. This is. I think. I think DraftKings is finally kind of starting to get it figured out as we get into world championships. And I I like where they're at with the PPRs, the individual betting, the head to heads. I mean, this is where it's starting to get a little bit of fun. And I kind of look back to my betting days when I used to bet on football and like I would sit there in a hotel room when I was on the road and it was like, okay, next play is going to be a run pass or interception. You know what I mean? And I'm just like, Oh man, if we can start getting to that point and start betting on possible four baggers, oh my it's starting to, it's starting to head in the right direction. We're so. getting there. We're getting there. Yeah. Love what I'm seeing out of DraftKings. Well done on that. We'll take one more commercial break. Trey, enjoy this one. This is your awkward knuckles compilation. Let's go. Five, four, three, two, 
By far, by far the best one. I think it. I, I it was happening really quick, but I think it's Tubby Cobb and Hunter Thorne where they just like. Yeah, they gotta like, get it figured out. That's that's by far, and then I always like the my my the 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 sleeper for my favorite is the Fisher Hamilton. Just like okay, well you oh, know the double, the double self knuckles. Yes, oh, I love yeah. it. Yeah, so I actually had a question leading into this. People messaged me and said, "How come there isn't an awkward knuckles award on the Stevies?" And I said, I'll put in the suggestion, but I'm not in the meeting rooms. I get that or sooner, though, if I'm going to put that. Or, or, yeah. You know, hey, you're hosting the show. <laughs> I guess I can make like an award or something. Just kind of hand it out. Yeah. So. That's what Jeff and Bernie did last year. They had a golden they had the golden uh, fanny pack that they gave to uh, Eddie and uh, Whitney Martinez. You could, really? I didn't even know that. OK, I'm going to have to get yeah, I'm going to have to definitely put in this a your, uh, phone It's call. your five minutes or whatever you want, Wally. Oh, I'm in charge. I'll run the show however I want to, Trey. All right, how about that? <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. Curveball thrown at us again. Uh, All right, so let's uh, head into it. What we got here on my list. Next thing we got up is the shootout. So this one should be kind of cool. Let's go ahead and start with the doubles. Going into the DraftKings odds here for the shootout, we got Ryan Smith and Ryan Wiedenfeld. Not able to bet on them. Jimmy um, McGuffin and Damon Dennis there at plus 600. Cody Henderson and Adam Hissner at plus 300, and then Hunter Thorne and Tony Smith at plus 300 as well. I guess we'll kind of start there at the um, left side. Do you like Jimmy and Damon over Ryan and Ryan? We already saw this matchup one time. The Ryans took it down, but what say you? Yeah, yeah. so, so I think Ryan Smith and Ryan Wienfeld win that, but at the same time, 600 is pretty good value out of out of uh, a, a duo and McGuffin and Dennis that is, is, is hot right now, right? So – um, I think Smith and Wiedenfeld win that six out of 10 times, maybe seven out of 10, but you get one of those three out of 10 McGuffin and Dennis playing pretty well. Maybe you get some good value there, but 
Um, I kind of like the bottom half of the bracket better. <laughs> yeah, so so my my goal here for this when I'm looking at these uh, eight teams is I'm trying to figure out who's going to make it to the final two. I want one on each side. So if I'm taking one team from this side, I'm looking at Hunter Thorne and Tony Smith at plus 300. I don't see anyone on this side that I feel more comfortable with. I know it's a shootout format, which is a little bit differently, but I think they all kind of play shootout format the same, maybe give an edge to Ryan Smith and Ryan Wiedenfeld. Um, but since I can't bet on them, I'm taking Tony and Hunter here at plus 300. And then we head down to the bottom side like you're talking about. And we got Frank Milan and Cheyenne. Um, I guess I missed their graphic. Anyway, I think they're plus 700, right? You can't see it. Anyway, uh, Almanza and Fraser there at plus 700. Burton and Chamberlain plus 200. Ruben and Power at plus 350. Um, what do you like on this one? And then Cheyenne and Frank are plus 700 as well. Again, to me, plus 700 is actually pretty good value considering Frank Maldon's made the finals of a pro shootout format. Cheyenne's won it in back-to-back years in singles and the women's singles side. I like that if I'm going for a value pick. I still think far and away the best team on this side is Burton Burton Jr. and Chamberlain, so I'm not scared of, of the low odds here. Uh, I, I still kind of like them and, and expect them to get all the way to the finals. Actually, I'm staying away from Burton Jr. and Logan Chamberlain just because of the shootout format. I don't necessarily fits their style of play. Um, I, I feel like they would be very reliant on their consistency of the roles from Logan Chamberlain, and Justin Burton Jr. can get a little aggressive at times. Um, but I like what I'm seeing out of Jay and Jordan. So I'm going to go with Tony and uh, Hunter and then Jay and Jordan. I'm kind of crossing my fingers, and if I walk away with 100 or 150-plus, why not? You know, I'll be happy with it. <laughs> Yep, I like it. This graphic might be a little bit harder to read for us, but I'm going to go ahead and click on it. It is the singles and for the men's and then the singles for the women's as well. I guess we'll kind of start with the ladies first because, as usual, Shine Boobenheim there, plus 125. She is definitely the heavy favorite. We got an interesting matchup on the right side of that there, though, with Lori Duell and Gina Ramirez at plus 1,200 and plus 1,500. And at the bottom, Finley at plus 350. Cassidy plus 500, Getty or 700, Streaker 500, and Cameron Belvin at 500 as well. Again, I'm taking the same approach here, Trey. I want one from the top and one from the bottom. If I'm looking at the bottom, I'm loving the plus 500 as a Rosie Streaker. And if I happen to miss out at Cheyenne plus 125, so be it. I am, I'm loving Lori Dua plus 1,200. Yeah, uh, yeah. so... I, I also think Lori Duell plus 1,200 is great value. I still think Cheyenne wins this in, in, in total. Now, here's what I may do. If I was better, I may take my money, and if I'm going for value and I don't want to go on Duel, I may split it 50-50 between Streaker and Belvin, knowing that I'm going to get a guaranteed one in the semifinal. And they're, they, you know, when they get hot and they get streaky, they can win this entire thing. They can put a lot of bags in the hole. So they could be the ones to run run through Bubenheim. Yes, you have to get through Finley in the semis. But at the same time, you know, th- th- you're just looking for someone that can give you a possibility if you're looking to bet against Bubenheim. Yeah, and then on the men's side, we got Malone plus 400, Ryan Hart at 1,000, Kingsbury 1,000, Richards 200. Kano 700, Smith 290, Hamilton 500, and then Matt Guy 500. I'm actually kind of liking Fisher Hamilton here at plus 500 and Kyle Malone at uh, plus 400, although Ryan Hart was on fire, plus 1,000 seems pretty enticing. But real quick before we head into the singles and doubles, what say you, Trey? I'm taking my entire – I'd be taking my entire house and putting it on Fisher Hamilton. (laughs) Plus 
plus 500 at Fisher Hamilton for this. All right, let's hop over. We got about three minutes left to kind of burn through these, but Mark Richards there at the top, Tony Smith, Devin Harbaugh, and Justin Burton Jr. lead the top. Um, kind of skim through these pages. Kind of hard for me to see here, Trey. But if you see anybody's name that, st- that stands out, kind of go ahead and start talking about it. Well, obviously, you know, in, in my mind, Mark Richards is going to be the favorite here. But um, at the same time, if I'm looking for someone at a value bet that I think can win this entire thing, I look all the way down, maybe at a Tanner Halbert down there, possibly an Adam Hisner. Adam Hisner has finished in the top three at the World Championships multiple times. Just someone I'd be looking out for. I mean, those are two people that I think can make deep runs. Um, and, and, and and I also need someone that I know can win the entire thing. So that's that, that's what yeah. I'm looking at. Yeah, I definitely thought, you know, I, I like Harbaugh um, there. I can't see what his odds are at. Plus, it looks like a 1,000. Yeah, and then Tanner Halbert was the person that I was liking on the second page as well. I believe that's plus fifty fifty five hundred fifty five hundred. Okay, and then on the third page, if I'm going for a home run here, like who could pull something out at the very bottom? I mean, I'm kind of liking what I'm seeing out of Trevor Kufis here. Why not? Yeah, Trevor Kufis. I mean, hey, Kufis, Kufis been slinging it. You never know. All right, heading into doubles, we got Mark Richards, Philip Lopez, Jake Krasinski, Tony Smith, Logan Chamberlain, Justin Burton Jr., and Fisher Hamilton, and Gavin Cano leading the top right there. Um, are, are you are you taking any risk? Are you pretty much staying with what we've seen the entire double season so far? I, I'm 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 all in favor of taking one favor and then go and you know picking up a value bet for me. I like Krasinski and Smith. I think they're the best team in the world. I think they should be favored, you know, to win this entire thing. I was a little bit shocked at Creek Killer and Foreman at 4,000. That's someone that has caught my eye. Yes, they haven't been the same team that they were last year, but Creek Killer and Foreman can sling it. And, uh, you know, it wouldn't surprise yeah. me if they make it all the way to the bracket final and win a bracket final. Yeah, and their play style is kind of annoying. So, I mean, if, if you're playing against them, they can kind of start hitting the rolls at any moment. And if their blocks are there, you're kind of screwed. But. That's all we got time for here on Bagging and Bragging, guys. Trey, I appreciate you filling in. Mish, hopefully everything gets um, resolved and everything takes care of again. Thoughts and prayers with you. Chat, apologize if you guys weren't able to see this live. We'll share it and uh, download it, and hopefully you guys can kind of tune in and ask Trey your questions again. We'll have to have you back after Paris. Enjoy it. Enjoy worlds, everybody. All right, I'll see you in a few days, Trey. Bye.